Man, we have a lot to talk about tonight. <laughs> yes, we do. I uh, I really wish, so last week I had kind of thrown it to you like, oh, we should do for our 100th episode, we should do a best, our, our favorite home video releases ever. And I really wish I had given us more clear rules for this, <laughs> or at least like defined it better because man, my list is just, it's both out of control <laughs> and you know, like I have all these like caveats as to like what it, what this list means to me and how, how many other versions of this list I could come up with if we were to like change how this is phrased just ever so slightly. So I, and I, and then in kind of describing it to you and to the audience, I was like, oh, this will be like our favorite releases, our desert island discs, our, you know, like stuff that we would run out of of our house with if it was on fire. And then in thinking about it, I was like, well, all of those lists are different. Like all of those things mean different things to me. All of those home, like, you know, anyway, we can talk about this more later when we talk about our, our lists. But I was just thinking like, after I after we recorded that episode and it went up, I was thinking like, this is gonna be a mess. This is gonna be like this is, this is a terrible idea. I should have I should have given us some more strict rules. And anyway, we'll talk <laughs> about our lists a little bit later. But there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. First up, I want to thank one of our listeners, John, who uh, after my talking about uh, Miranda's new obsession with Pokemon. He wrote in with a brief little story uh, about how he was one of the writers on the Pokemon show, which was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, I, you know, sometimes I, I, I see how many downloads we get and it's, it's, you know, it's respectable, I think, amongst like home video podcast, which I know I don't, there's not very many of them out there, but, uh, you know, we're not getting like, you know, huge numbers of downloads, but we're getting like, you know, solid downloads. I think, um, I think we have a pretty big audience compared to like where the criterion cast started out at, you know, seven years ago, I think we've built a pretty good audience. Um, but sometimes I'll like, I don't get emailed that often, but I get emailed, you know, every week and, sometimes I think like, sometimes I think I have an idea of like, who are the types of people that listen to our show or like just, you know, the people that typically interact with us, I kind of have like an an idea of that audience. And then every once in a while I get an email like this, uh, from our friend, John, who, uh, who worked on the Pokemon show. And it just kind of like blows my mind that, that someone like that would listen to a podcast like this. And <laughs> Uh, it made me so happy to read his email. And then he sent uh, Miranda a really sweet handwritten note about, you know, his love of Pokemon, how just he was just so sweet. And I just wanted to thank him on the air right now because it just meant so much to me. Super, super cool, man. Anyway, it's always fun to like get emails like that. So I guess listeners, if you do cool things and, uh, you know, maybe tangentially related to what we talk about here. I would love to hear about, you know, what are the types of things that our listeners uh, do when they're not, you know, obsessing about home video releases. Yeah. And I'm very curious now too. So last week we talked about the new olive lines and uh, olive home video releases for 
September, October, I forget when, what was the latest month um, of uh, title, oh, October. So, uh, and then in that discussion, we were like, oh, I wonder why they haven't released any or announced any new signature editions, because it seems like that was going to be a new thing. And they announced their October titles, and then there weren't any signature editions. And then sure enough, the day that we released the episode, they decided to put out a little press release saying, "Oh, here, here are our new signature editions." <laughs> like it was, like it was, you know, like, you know, planned. Like, oh yeah, sure. Like we'll just we'll release, we'll announce our October titles, and then the day after we'll do that. And like, anyway, it was so funny. I thought. Yeah, I did too. So they're going to be releasing the Quiet Man and the Night of the Grizzly uh, as a part of their signature edition line of uh of titles the quiet man from 1952 and the night of the grizzly from 1966 were these ones that they had already released on on blu-ray yes okay and now they're going to be getting new at least the quiet man is getting a new 4k uh remaster and new scan uh and and there's going to be you know supplements and audio commentary tracks on both of these releases these are both coming out on october 25th Another kind of piece of follow-up in that it's something that we talked about a long time ago when it was first announced, and this was kind of a rumor going around at the time, but uh, this has just been kind of officially announced this past week, is that Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which was released on Blu-ray uh, earlier this year, is going to get another Blu-ray release this year in November, on November 15th, they're going to be releasing it on 3D Blu-ray. This is uh, something that Brian and I obviously care a lot about because we are both the, you know, part of the handful of people that bought 3D televisions and still support (laughs) that format and hope that it doesn't go away. Yes, very much. And so when the Blu-ray was announced, uh, you know, last year or earlier this year, there was kind of like notably lacking a 3D Blu-ray option, which is something that Disney does. Um, or at least, you know, they do pretty consistently. They'll release 3D versions every once in a while. They they don't, or they, you know, release it in the UK instead of both here in the US and in the UK. But um, they're now going to be releasing a new edition of Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's going to have a 3D edition as well as new supplements. It's going to have an audio commentary track with J.J. Abrams, new uh new documentaries and deleted scenes and whatnot um some of this stuff is are things that were on that uh initial release but um there are new title new supplements on here and so you know i i really don't have any problem with them like double dipping like this just because i want to get that release and i'm i'm happy to pay you know to want to own another better edition of this and I'm glad that they, you know, decided not to just like hold off on releasing on 3D at all. It's kind of strange that they haven't, I mean, Disney still hasn't announced any ultra high definition titles, you know, 4K Blu-rays. Um, but it's strange that they still haven't, you know, announced one for this. It seems like this could be like a, you know, a flagship title for UHD, like Disney releases. Yeah, that's strange. I mean... Yeah, I hope I hope it's the case. I hope this is one of the first because it'd be a nice one to have. Um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the Twilight Time news that has just happened uh, over the past couple days, um, just because this stuff is kind of timely, or you know, kind of uh, 
you know, time sensitive. So uh, real quick, they have announced that their release of, shoot, where did I put this? Uh, American Buffalo is going out of print uh, already. This one was released pretty recently. I forget when when this one came out, um, but they've they've announced that MGM is uh, that has lost the rights or is losing the rights to the movie, and so that the uh, Blu-ray from Twilight Time will be out of print on September twelfth, and so they're going to as an incentive for people who haven't already bought it, they're reducing the price to fifteen dollars down at uh, over at ScreenArchives.com. And uh, at their website, twilighttimemovies.com. So you have about four weeks to pick this one up if you want to get it. Um, They didn't say, you know, they didn't give any other details about why, you know, why they've lost the rights to this or if anyone else is going to be picking up the rights to it. Obviously, like they probably don't know and they just want to sell off what they have. Um, But it's strange, like something like this hasn't really happened before uh, to Twilight Time specifically. Yeah, very weird. I hope that's not a trend, especially with MGM titles. I wonder what this means. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's happening at Twilight Time tomorrow, which would be the day that this episode goes up, is they're going to be having a promotion on Screen Archives where you can get seven titles for $70. And it's one of those things where you can, like, they, they say you can kind of mix and match or, like, order you know, if you wanted to, you could order like seven of one of these titles. Um, but you have to get seven discs in order for it to get down to $70 to get to this package deal. Um, but they'll include films like beloved infidel cover girl, high time, mind war, pony soldier, the disappearance, the Kremlin letter, which is a DVD only, uh, the only game in town, the reigns of Ranchapur, the song of Bernadette, the sound and the fury, the wayward bus, violent Saturday and women obsessed. Anyway, these ones you can kind of mix and match uh, to get to um, $70. Is it only like a handful of titles like that? Um, I think that's it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but it's a pretty good deal if you don't have these titles or if you want to pick up a few as gifts, I guess. Um, they also just posted earlier tonight that they only have they have less than 40 copies left of Sleepless in Seattle uh, available. So if you've been holding off on picking that one up, then, you know, don't wait too much longer because it's going to be uh, out of print soon. And then let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, do you want to talk? Okay, so we should talk briefly about this Marx Brothers Blu-ray collection that was just announced today. This is coming out on... October 18th. Um, pretty awesome. It's going to be three discs, but it's going to include um, six films, I think. Yeah. Or five films. It It's the same. I believe it's the same as the DVD set. It was. Uh-huh. Um, but, man, I couldn't be more excited about this. I tell you, this made my summer. I think this one, I feel like people were talking about, because the, the Marx Brothers coming to Blu-ray, I feel like has been rumored on forums for the past year or more um or like these restorations have been been talked about as far as like you know getting ready for upcoming blu-ray releases and i think you know people were hoping that maybe criterion might do something with that's what i was thinking yeah yeah but it looks like universal is going to be 
doing it themselves and releasing this three disc box on October 18th. So this is going to include the coconuts, um, animal crackers, monkey business, horse feathers, and duck soup. So, you know, classic Marx Brothers stuff. So much good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, must own kind of essential stuff. And obviously we'll be talking about this a little bit more when we talk, start talking about our best of the best of all time lists. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. This set looks like it has more special features than the DVD set in that, you know, the, there's a bunch of commentaries, coconuts from a film historian, Anthony slide, uh, animal crackers, film historian, Jeffrey Vance, uh, monkey business. I don't recognize these guys. Uh, oh, Bill Marks. Uh, and then film critic FX Feeney on horse feathers and Leonard Malton himself and uh, another guy on duck soup. So that's, I mean, that's kind of like a sort of a criterion-ish set in that way. Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Arrow has made several announcements. They've revealed their November line for the, like, UK and US titles as well as the Arrow Academy stuff. And so they're going to be releasing um, Chud here in the States. Pretty big. Uh, you know, who's who else just announced Chud? Or well, Chud 2 is coming from that... Um, that uh, Wasn't Chud and Chud 2 announced as a double from Lionsgate? Um, no. So that Vestron line yeah. i think they're just doing chud 2 oh okay um and so arrow has the rights to the u.s release of chud oh interesting and then um arrow is doing a uk release of to live and die in la which we just talked about as coming from shout factory as part of their shout select line that was revealed back at comic-con um arrow is also going to be doing a couple of uk and u.s releases in the initiation and driller killer Thriller Killer. With a pretty uh, brutal cover. Yeah, uh, it's a pretty brutal movie. Surprising that they're allowed to like use that image on the cover of something with all the rules and things that, you know, th- that they have to comply with for, you know, the UK censors. Uh, that's amazing that that made it through or that that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty racy for recent titles I can remember anyway. Yeah. Um. Some UK-only titles include The Howling 2, and they're going to be releasing Alfred Hitchcock's Jamaica Inn uh, as a part of their Arrow Academy line. That one was released here in the States by the Cohen Media Group. Um, The Hired Hand and then Woody Allen's Interiors is getting an individual release in the UK in November. Um. I just wanted to briefly ask you uh, what you thought of Criterion's November lineup. Uh, we're going to be recording an episode of the newsstand tomorrow. And uh, so we'll be talking about this more uh, in depth, I guess, tomorrow. But I just was curious, like, uh, what you thought of this lineup. Pretty mind-blowing stuff. Um, pretty amazing round of titles, I got to say. Yeah, this is, I mean, I've, you know, there are always, like, kind of, naysayers or poo-pooers on like the forums and whatnot who kind of like they're like oh this is kind of a weak lineup and i just look at this list and i'm thinking like there is like i want to see every single one of these discs uh you know i want to see the new restoration of one-eyed jacks i want to see that what they did with with kurosawa's dreams i mean punch drunk love is a move like i think it's my favorite wes anderson or pt anderson movie and um 
And then obviously I'm just a, a huge sucker for the Lone Wolf and Cub movies because I love the comics. And so this is just like kind of the dream month for me. There's so much good stuff in here and, yeah, the, and the squid and the whale. Yeah. Which I love too. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, this is, I can't remember last time there wasn't a title where I was like, eh, maybe I don't need that one, but yeah, pretty much everything here. Uh, I'm going to have to pick up at some point. So kudos to them. What a nice month. Yeah. And there was like a, a real quick, um, pre-order sale on Amazon for those that saw it for the lone wolf and cub. Yeah. Um, I still don't know if that was a mistake or not, but I don't know. seems like a mistake. Amazon, I don't know if they, they usually honor that kind of stuff with pre-orders where yeah. if, if it, you know, I, I doubt that they will, you know, cancel any of those orders made at that pre-order price. It was like thirty nine ninety nine, where it should have been, you know, ninety nine ninety nine, um, which seems like a mistake. Yeah. They might cancel that stuff just because. Yeah, they... I mean, I'm not, I'm not necessarily holding out hope that it'll, it'll come through. If it does, great. Yeah. You know, otherwise, I'll just get it uh, from the Barnes and Noble sale. There was that deal going around on, I forget what what other, like random website that people had found like the Decalogue at a really cheap price, and then everyone was trying to order it, and then that company ended up canceling all of those orders and saying like, <laughs> oh. sorry, that was just like you know it was our mistake. Um, and as someone who works at like an online retailer, I mean, like I work at a bookstore, but we have an online retailer, um, side of things. And, you know, like sometimes mistakes are made, uh, online that like have nothing to do with like someone kind of screwing up. It's like, you know, a computer algorithm making a, an error. And, um, that can like really affect the, uh, bottom line of a company who's just like, you know, not, I'm not talking about my company, but I'm just saying like, you know, uh, it can affect the little guy in ways that you might just because everyone is like, you know, swarming on a deal, uh, because you know, a company made a mistake, like that can have repercussions. And so sometimes they have to cancel orders like this. Yeah. And, and if, again, if that happens, uh, I'm fine with it. You know, I'm, I'm not about to complain to them about it. It'll be a nice surprise if it sticks, you know, and I don't feel as guilty at being Amazon. Oh yeah, I think they'll be either. okay. Totally. But but you know that said, I I get that you know mistakes happen, and I, like I said, if, I'd love to get it at that price. If not, no big deal. Yeah, totally. Um, let's see. You know, one thing that I wanted to talk about that I meant to talk about that I had tabs open for last week that we just um totally forgot to mention is that there are uh, a couple of the Thunderbean blu-rays that we've mentioned uh as like pre-orders have been gone up in the past things like their cubby bear release uh is now finally available to order on amazon through the Thunderbean storefront that they have on there um i still haven't gotten my disc yet in the mail um but i'm assuming that it will come soon i know that they were talking on their facebook page about these orders going out um to the folks who had pre-ordered it first and I've seen some reviews going up online, and so I, I have to imagine that, like, mine's in the mail it's somewhere along the lines, but... Hopefully, yes. I mean, I ordered straight from Amazon, and I got mine already, so... Oh, really? I'm, I'm oh, hoping well, you hmm. get yours soon. I hope I get mine soon, too. Um, and then, uh, also, the, uh, what was it, the Cartoon Roots um, disc, the Bray Studios Animation Pioneers, 
which was a Kickstarter campaign that Tony, uh, Tommy Stathis was doing. That one is now also available to order online. I think that's also through Thunderbeans. Oh no, it's through Cartoons on Films website. I think like Thunderbean helps them do some of the production stuff, but it's a separate company, even though they're kind of connected in a way. Um, but that one is now also available to order online. Yeah, I ordered both of those. Excited. Um, if any, uh, this is not available anymore. It's already sold out. But you know, uh, congratulations to anyone who was able to pick one up. There were there's a new Plain Archive release of Old Boy that was up for pre-order last night, and I think it sold out pretty quickly. I think there were only I don't know how many. I, uh, there's 2,200 made. Uh, I don't ha- I can't tell here how many were available for us or for international folks, but it is now sold out already. Um, so I think it probably sold out very quickly. Um, one other thing, there's a new Warner archive. Uh, the Warner archive is going to be releasing on Blu-ray, the, uh, midnight in the garden of good and evil, the 1997 film starring Kevin Spacey. Um, pretty exciting this is one that i definitely wasn't uh anticipating them release but uh, i'm glad that it's coming to blu-ray um and then one other thing that we should talk about is that so uh we've been talking about the upcoming uh scream factory release of the thing and review discs are going out and scream factory hasn't made an official announcement yet online on their website or on um, Facebook or Twitter or anything that I've seen yet, but, um, I have seen people who, uh, have pre-ordered it, have already gotten these emails saying that the release has been delayed into October. Uh, it was going to be coming out in September and then it's been pushed back in order to fix a number of, uh, audio syncing errors. And so, um, I guess for anyone who's pre-ordered it, you know, expect a delay and you've probably already been informed with it. But I guess for anyone out there who was kind of hoping that it was going to be coming out soon, you'll have to wait a couple of weeks. But I'm sure they'll, you know, and it's, it's good that they're doing this. I mean, obviously like no one wants to get a disc with an error on it. And so when, you know, like Criterion has had to do this in the past and it's, um, you know, good on shout factory for taking care of this and not, you know, taking care of this after the fact and having to deal with any kind of like, you know, replacement program, which are always, which are always just so frustrating and, you know, rely on the consumer to know about it in order to have like a proper disc, um, which is kind of like a shady thing that some companies do. I mean, even though if sometimes it's just like, you don't know about it until way after the fact, or you just don't pick up on it, but it's, um, it's always good when they're able to like push it off a little bit in order to get everyone to have the, the fixed disc. All right. Um, was there any other news that we should talk about that you, that you saw out there? I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess before we get into the, our lists for tonight, um, in order to celebrate our 100th episode of the podcast, but at first, we should probably just briefly mention, and we can talk more about these next week um, if we gloss over anything or if we forget to talk about something. But um, we should just briefly mention some of the highlights of the week for home video releases. Um, 
and you know there's the criterion collection release of ingrid bergman in her own words and uh which is a documentary that um you know anyone out there who is you know interested in her as an actress should check this out it's uh done by uh stig bjorkman narrated by alicia uh vikander who was in um that ex- that movie ex machina i think um and you know it includes lots of um home movies deleted scenes extended versions of different scenes um a clip from this 1932 film with uh with bergman in it um lots of great stuff uh you know this will probably be like one of those kind of underrated releases of the year but i think for anyone out there who's a fan of bergman um you know this is kind of essential viewing you know some people might wonder why this gets its own release but i think this is just like a packed disc um for folks out there who you know appreciate her and you know want some want more context in terms of like who she was and you know the work that she did so i'm a fan um and then you know obviously i think the other big release of the week is uh the you know shout select release of buckaroo bonsai across the eighth dimension yes i was just watching this last night and uh very pleased with how the disc looked um you know it's not it's not like you know incredibly sharp or you know like it's not like mind-blowing how good this restoration looks i think it looks pretty good um it looks just as good i think as the arrow release of it um i was a little disappointed that the supplements are on a second disc which is a dvd and not a blu-ray you know it's like i am very happy with like the blu-ray disc the the presentation of the film as well as the like audio commentary tracks and the documentary that's on that disc uh i'm just like a little like oh i kind of wish it could have been so perfect if this second disc was not like dvd quality supplements which you know it's kind of like like am i missing the point here like <laughs> but i you know it is kind of uh disappointing you know to see, to see these supplements in standard definition versus like what could have been in high definition but you know the movie is great it's still hilarious uh i don't think it's necessarily a film that has kind of like mass appeal i mean obviously it's a cult film and it's a cult film for a reason because of like the you know sense of humor and like this the, the effects and everything like it it requires a type of like fan to enjoy it i don't think i don't think like you know everyone this isn't a movie to get for your mom or anything <laughs> but uh if you love this movie now you have a new you know region one blu-ray edition um to add to your wish list yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't disagree with your um, issue with the DVD. It, it is kind of a bummer. But that said, um, it's still great to have it in Region 1, and, you know, it's it's definitely worth people picking up. It's, it's, it's a solid release nonetheless, sort of. Yeah, absolutely. Um, were there any other releases this week that you thought, like, we should mention right now versus, like, saving for a later discussion? Um, I... Uh, hmm... I mean, maybe Session 9, um, all of the Scream Factory from this week. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I rewatched it and, um, you know, with my wife and I had forgotten the movie kind of, so it was sort of like fresh for me again. I mean, I kind of remembered it, but I didn't totally. Um, and it's a really good horror movie. I think a lot of people have championed it. Scott Weinberg, I'm pretty sure, 
you know, a couple years back talked about how Session 9 was one of his go-to um, sort of underrated horror movie recommendations for people because it came out in around 2001 and I think some people caught it on DVD and then it just sort of disappeared. So it's kind of nice that it's got this Blu-ray showcase. It's definitely one of the better horror movies of the past, you know, 15 years. It's pretty effective stuff, I got to say. Um, I guess a few other ones, the, there's been, uh, or, you know, the, the catalog titles like The Burbs uh, is out here in the States now. The uh, Shout Select release of John Carpenter's Elvis. Um, let's see. Are there any other ones that I really wasn't? Well, one more for me uh, is uh, Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made. Oh, from yeah. Drafthouse Films. Mm-hmm. Um, really solid little documentary, um, you know, about the you know shot for shot remake um by those kids that we've always heard about and uh it's a really neat and inspiring um documentary that not only touches on the history of what they did but then it deals with the present day when they're trying to there's one scene that they were unable to film which is the plane scene with Indy fighting the mechanic and the propellers and everything like that and so um Part, one of the stories is basically them trying to get the money to film that final scene and finish the movie more or less. So there's a lot of, you know, stress involved with that. But um, again, really inspiring. Um, they seem like really neat guys and it's overall just a really neat documentary. I think people should check out. Cool. All right. So as we mentioned in honor of our 100th episode, we are going to talk a little bit about, our top five home video releases. So I want to talk a little bit before we even get into the list. I want to talk about list making and lists in general. So obviously Brian is a huge fan of lists. Like your, (laughs) your website is essentially a list or a website of lists. Yep. A lot, a lot of lists. So uh, I, on the other hand, am like more hesitant maybe to, I'm, I'm very like, just so much slower at making lists at like sorting lists at coming up with like, Oh, here's my order of these lists. And I just, uh, I like reading lists. I think the internet loves reading lists, obviously like the internet is made of, of list, uh, Mm -hmm. sources on, you know, around. And so, you know, and it's fun to kind of like, you know, in making lists, these are like helping people, you know, put the world, or information into context or, you know, just like saying like, here's, here's how I, you know, here's how I value different things. And so that's kind of what our lists are going to be tonight. Um, lists change over time. You know, if you were to ask me, what are my favorite, favorite home video releases, you know, last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, these lists would be totally different than what they are now. Although, you know, I think maybe my top release might be consistent over the past 10 years, um, just because it made such a, a, an impact on me at the time. But it's so hard in doing this. Like, Yeah. I mean, it, I think, I think we took both took sort of different approaches to this and yours might be maybe the, the better approach. Well, like I, I, uh, I mean, so I was kind of thinking like, as I mentioned before, like, so we, when I was like saying like, oh, you know, Desert Island Discs or, you know, v- favorites of all time or, you know, what are like the ones that like I would want, like if I had to get rid of all of my discs, what would I be left over with? And 
as I said, like all those things mean different things. Like desert island discs, it's kind of like, to me, I think of like, well, if I was really going to be stranded on a desert island with home video releases to watch for, you know, an indefinite period of time, <laughs> like I would obviously, I, I would go with like box sets of, you know, complete series or collections of director's work or, you know, like I would go for those like big, like most most minutes for my uh disc kind of thing because i would want to be able to have like you know lots and lots of things to watch uh whereas like you know if i was like if there was like my house was on fire and i was like i can only grab five discs what would i grab would i grab like the most valuable things that i think of where i would be i think like oh well or like the most rare discs that i have that are you know like the limited edition stuff that um you know, isn't available anymore that I wouldn't be able to replace if, if the house was on fire, like all those lists are kind of slightly different, even if they might, you know, um, have some crossover. So I, in the end, I kind of went with the, the, the films that I, or the discs at least that I go back to rewatch the most, like things that I've watch the most over my life things that I like still go back to and think like um this is like kind of helped shaped who I am you know to this point um in my in my appreciation of collecting physical discs and you know thinking about things like supplements obviously in packaging and like the quality of packaging but then also you know just this is something that I've like carried with me from apartment to apartment, from state, from, you know, from San Diego to Portland, um, things that I've like lent out to people that I'm like, Oh, have you, you've never seen this? Well, let me let you borrow it, but I want it back when you're done with it. Um, because it means a lot to me and it's, you know, it's something that I could replace, but like this copy of it has sentimental value because it's something that I've had for all these years that it like, you know, meant something to me at the time. Um, and then there are other releases where it's like, you know, really like the DVD edition is kind of what cemented it in my brain as being something special to me. And like, I'm happy that I have a Blu-ray edition of it now, but really like when I think of this particular release, I think of the DVD edition because that was what like, you know, opened my mind. Like these didn't make it to my list, but it was definitely something that I was thinking a lot about is that the home, the DVD editions of seven and fight club that came out back in like 98, 99, um, or maybe even like 99, 2000, um, where they were like, you know, the digibook, um, like slipcase kind of like fancy covers with lots of supplements, um, where they were really trying to make these like collector's items. Like those are what I think of as like, those are kind of like what helped sh like early on in like collecting DVDs, like say like, here's what you should be looking for when looking at discs that you want to own, like movies that you want to have on your shelf and not just a movie that you would watch once and kind of think like, well, I'm never really going to watch this again. Um, but with those where you're like, I'm going to go back and rewatch this movie now with these other audio commentary tracks with all these supplements and go back and really kind of like study the film. And those ones really kind of helped shape it. But, you know, I, I kind of wish I had put these had like made it to my list. But um, and in the end, like they still I still think of those all the time, even if like they're packed away in a in a case somewhere 
Um, those are ones where I'm like, I'm more hesitant to even like get rid of the case because those have some sentimental value, even though like I will probably only ever just watch the Blu-rays going forward. Yeah, so, I totally, I, sorry, I totally remember Fight Club and, and Seven coming out and that whole, you know, David Fincher film school in a box mm-hmm. approach. I mean, obviously Criterion had done something like that, but those were almost kind of like next level releases where they were kind of outdoing a lot of what even Criterion was doing at the time with their DVDs. So those were a big deal. I, I totally remember those releases and, and how blown away I was by those. Like Those for me predate like my uh, knowing about Criterion because I I collected, I had VHS tapes that I collected. I never got in the Laserdisc and so I was never exposed to Criterion on that side. And I, you know, when I finally got a DVD player and I was thinking like, okay, well, what are the movies that I now want to own on DVD that I've, that I have on VHS or that I've seen on VHS? And like, you know, you go to the video stores and you look for like the best looking cases of movies that you think like, these are the ones that I want to watch over and over again. And like, I was so glad they came out with those ones because they were already favorites of mine that I wanted to own on DVD. If they, in addition to them just being available, they were available in this, you know, like, you know, collector's format. Later, after I started working at uh, the the record store, then I, you know, just was turned on to Criterion, and from there, you know, it's it's been all downhill from there, <laughs> or uphill. Um, I don't know. Do you have any any thoughts on like so what? So when when I told you like that this was going to be uh, our favorites of all time, like was that was that easy for you to come Not up with I... with a list? <laughs> Not at all. And if you ask me to do it again tomorrow, um. I don't know if it would be, I'm sure there'd be a couple similarities, but you know, seeing how you approach the list, I could, I could go a different way. Um, mine is my usual combination of, um, when we do our year in list, it's a combination of films that I love in sort of along with, um, hopefully some solid special features. Um, but yeah, films, like you said, sort of that have been, important to me over the years and in some cases I'm mentioning a DVD release or a DVD release and a Blu-ray release based on differences in special features and what have you um, but yeah it was really hard it was really hard because there's you know there's the what I love approach and then there's the what I love but what I know is also really important approach you know filmically yeah, yeah. cinematically so that's kind of where I I went with my honorable mentions with some of the more important stuff. Um, I mean, it's all important to me, but anyway, w- you'll, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we almost need to start a spinoff show where we just do <laughs> a series of, uh, of lists because like really like, you know, there, there could be so many variations of the, of this idea um, where each list is completely different and where it's like, you know, here are our like, um, best you know supplements list or our best like packaging list or our best um or you know like i said like you know discs that you would take to a desert island if you had to if you could only take five things with you or you know like what would you save what are the most valuable discs or what are like the things that you just um care about like what are your favorite films that maybe have like you know terrible home video releases or things like that so there's so many ways that these lists could have gone. And again, I wish I had been more specific in like defining our, our goal for the, but you know, I just thought like, Oh, episode 100, we got to do something special. How about, you know, best discs of all time. 
Um, but you know, maybe we'll we'll come back to this idea and do more more of these lists in you know future episodes, uh, and make this maybe like a regular thing where we kind of come up with like a you know a short maybe a shorter version of what we're about to talk about tonight, <laughs> but uh, you know, but but also more clearly defined. So, I think okay. So we'll start off with our number fives, um, and I'll just go ahead and start to kick things off uh i each each of my slots that i filled here i kind of wanted to have them like they're almost like five categories in a way um and so and i also like whenever we do your end of the year lists i hate when people cheat and include many releases that that are like tied for a number but you know (laughs) i'm totally cheating tonight uh on several of my winners and so i uh apologize in advance and i will try to keep my comments brief but in a way like each of the numbers where the things are tied all hopefully make sense in in why they're tied but i just couldn't make i couldn't make a list of five like i had to i felt like if i was going to leave some of these things off i would just feel like i'm i'm being untrue to myself (laughs) Yeah, I I had a rare moment of non-ties on my (laughs) list, which almost never happens, Um, and I don't know why. But I just, I guess I filled out my honorable mentions in a way that made me more content. Yeah, and obviously we can talk more about, we can rattle off things that are, you know, like, that also have meaning to us, but, you know, aren't, like, as essential as some of these ones that we're about to talk about, but... um, So... For my number five, I could, so like animation for me is such a big part of my life. I've just loved cartoons from very young age and I still do up until now. I mean, I still watch cartoons every day, both with my daughter and by myself once she goes to sleep. Like animation is just so important to me and I just find it so beautiful to watch. And um, two of the best and most beautiful and most rewatchable um pieces of animation that I own right now are um, two Disney films that I wanted to include uh, that have, have tied for my like best animated home video release uh, the release of Bambi and the release of Fantasia I felt like these were the two like you know kind of like most artistic uh, just I think like of the of the Disney movies that I think of as like more high art than you know meant for kids, and I and I think you know almost all of the Disney movies can be seen as like you know art and as well as like entertainment, but I think these two, um, and you know for, and for me like I would have easily I would have for many years I would have picked Fantasia over Bambi, but then when Disney released Bambi on Blu-ray. I went back and rewatched it and just kind of fell in love with it again and in appreciated it in a way that I hadn't before. And there are just so many moments of like quiet or, you know, like the raindrops or, um, and then also kind of like reading up on like, you know, the art behind it and like the pieces of art that have inspired it. Um, I just find that movie so beautiful and rewatching and sad and, um, kind of joyful and, Fantasia, even though it's kind of like, you know, disconnected sequences, it is still just so powerful and um, moving with all like, you know, just the 
the pieces of music that these animated sequences are accompanying, like I just, uh, I, it's one of those movies, both of these movies I think are ones that I've, sh- I've shown Miranda most of Fantasia and definitely Bambi, but like these are two movies that she doesn't really care that much about rewatching now because you know, she's into other things, but I hope that she will come back to these later. And I'm, I'm I will definitely like, uh, you know, kind of put them on in the background as she gets older more often. I guess a third one that I could have added here, which I probably should have would be my neighbor Totoro as like a third piece of like animation, um, like beauty that I like would, I, I feel bad not having on my, I don't, I feel bad about not having like any Miyazaki or Ghibli on my list of five home video releases, but like, you know, Bambi, Fantasia, and Totoro are probably like that that animation chunk for me. Yeah, see, now this is a thing. I didn't even go down the animation road, which is stupid. Um, but, you know, I'm glad you did. Because <laughs> um, it, it would have been very difficult to, like, I love Dumbo. I love so many yeah. of the Disney classics, and I don't, uh, yeah. <laughs> My brain may have just subconsciously avoided that so that I didn't have to think about it. But those are both great, all great selections. All right. So tell me about your number five. Okay. My number five, we've sort of talked about it already um, in that it is the Marx Brothers Silver Screen Collection. In In my case, this morning, I, I was going over my list and I was like looking at, at stuff and, you know, I was like, gosh, should I... Is it okay that I included a DVD set? And right about then was when I saw the news that this thing was coming to Blu-ray, which is super exciting and an odd coincidence. Um, but yeah, this set to me, um, I mean, you want to talk about formative. Um, you know, those five Marx Brothers movies are just really shaped um, in a lot of ways my sense of humor. Uh, as I was getting older uh, and hopefully moving into a slightly more sophisticated place. Um, But they were a big deal in that um, I became a big fan of them in college, and then when I had the opportunity to show um, my son um, a bunch of movies when, you know, um, he was six, seven, eight years old, um, we went through that entire box set, you know, and he loved all of it, and he couldn't get enough of it. And we moved on to Jerry Lewis and all these other things. But the Marx Brothers were a real touchstone for he and I, and that made them even more special to me. But they're just, I mean, I think if you haven't sort of delved into it, I would say give them a shot, and, and hopefully you'll have the same experience I did, which is once you watch, you know, Duck Soup or whatever, um, you'll go jump, go jump into the rest of them, especially the ones from this set, and you'll have a similar experience and just really start to get into their sense of humor and their sort of irreverence. Um, but this box set is just a really great example of why they are fantastic in my mind. So I included the DVD set. Thankfully now there will be a Blu-ray set, and that, will, that, will, that could move up my list because it has more special features, I believe, than the... Uh, DVD set did so anyway that's my number five so for my number four I had to have like a criterion category of of winners um, essentially like these are like the classic films that um, I have appreciated over time so essentially my criterion choice like as soon as I said my list like this is a title that I 
um, have always kind of held as like, if I had to grab one Criterion disc in a fire, this is the one that I would reach for, um, both in its like importance in film history, as well as just one that I enjoy watching over and over again as well. And then in addition to that, like this is a Criterion release that I find to be just beautiful in terms of packaging. Like this is one that I was, you know, like when it came out on DVD, when it was reissued on DVD. So this is like, so Seven Samurai is what I'm talking about here. Uh, this one was released, you know, in Criterion's initial run of of discs. It's spine number two. It's had, you know, several different versions of it over time. Um, but when they when the Criterion Collection reissued it back in 2006, I think, um, and it did, you know, it gave it new packaging and it gave it an extra disc and it put, you know, digipack and everything. And I. Um, it was at a time when like I didn't buy as many Criterion discs and I would just check them out from the library or I'd rent them from the video store. Or I'd get them from Netflix to watch them. And this is one where I also wasn't very savvy as far as like, you know, looking for deals online. And so like I spent more on this than I probably would have otherwise, like for, you know, any other DVD It's like, you know, I probably spent in like in the 30 something dollar range for this one. And uh, I, I just love this release. I think it's so beautiful. Like the font that they chose for the, or, you know, like the lettering, um, on the front. I mean, it's Neil Kellerhouse did the design work for it and it's just one. And, and it's like, what, would I grab the DVD or the Blu-ray? I mean, I'd probably grab the Blu-ray, but like the DVD I think means more to me because it was one that I like spent more on at the time at a point in my life when I wasn't spending that much on DVDs. And so I didn't have quite the collection that I have now. And, um, but it was one that I just like, I saw that they were releasing it and I just, I I had to have it like in my, on my shelf. And it just, it like holds up, you know, and it holds a place in my heart that just means something, uh, or, you know, just means more to me than, than other discs. Um, even if there are like, you know, even if now having gone and watched other Kurosawa films and I feel like maybe some of them I enjoy more for different reasons, or maybe some are more technically better than this one. Um, I still just, I love going back to this. And I think this is like the edition, like the definitive edition for it. Even if like, you know, maybe there's going to be a future um, new 4k scan of the film and new Blu-rays of it. I still think of this one as like, you know, they did a, an amazing job putting this disc together. So I couldn't agree more with that one, by the way, that's definitely should be one of the great yeah. and is one of the great movies and great releases ever. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to tie this together with like another of my favorite criterion releases. And I guess it's more of like a runner up than it is tied with this one, but like the Katsi trilogy that criterion released a few years ago on Blu-ray, um, was one that I had just been hoping for for a long time because I had like, I had seen, um, I got the, the, you know, Paukatsi and Nokoikatsi or no, Paukatsi and Koyanaskatsi on DVD and then saw Nokoikatsi on, uh, in the theater. And I hadn't seen those movies until like, I think I was, you know, exposed to some, to things like, um, Baraka and then people like kind of turned me on to the other ones. And, uh, they, they stuck with me. Like I had those on DVD, back in like the early two thousands when they were re-released and um, all this time, like waiting for criterion to put them out on Blu-ray, like having that set together is one that I 
and again, like something that I'll go back to and rewatch. I mean, I went and rebought the movies again when Arrow did it. Um, but those are another ones that I feel like are just special in a way, just because like I've seen those movies now so many times on DVD and now having like better versions on Blu-ray, it just means, you know, it's just something that I treasure having in my collection. And another one that I would probably like not want to give up if I had to like get rid of, you know, if I had to like whittle down my collection, like these are the ones that I would stick with. Um, and then also kind of tied in with this is the masters of cinema release of Metropolis. This is kind of like my classics category. And just that, like that new restoration of Metropolis with the added scenes and, um, the new scan and everything. And like all of the supplements that they include on that masters of cinema disc, like the Kino one is good. But I think the Master Cinema is just slightly better for me just because I love like the commentary track and all the other features on it. But that film, like when I got a chance to see it touring, like it was already a movie that I loved. It was already a movie that I had bought on VHS in a crappy edition of when I was a teenager because I was like, oh, I've heard this Metropolis movie. Maybe I don't even know if I had heard about it. I'd like I found it in like one of those, you know, discount bins in uh, Suncoast and I like you know, it was like, Oh, this looks important. And it was at a time in my life when I was like trying to teach myself about film history. And so like, I just, you know, I bought the VHS tape and then I would go back and rewatch it later on DVD. And then once like, you know, the, um, you know, the, the restored version was going around in theaters, I got to see it there. And it just like, it still hit me as being just like so powerful and beautifully told and, you know, so emotional. And, um, I like, I just, treasure this movie so much and um you know i i don't mind purchasing it over and over again and this one might be one of those titles that i have like more copies of in different formats than anything else but um it's it's so special to me so yeah like i mean essentially like my pick for number four is seven samurai but i wanted to like tie these other ones in with it i like the way you did that um (laughs) so for my number four is my first uh, Criterion title. Um, again, I'm using a DVD in this case because and a Blu-ray because there's differences, um, and that's this is Spinal Tap, um, which um, still has for me one of my favorite commentary tracks ever, and that's the um, that's the you know Michael McKeon, Harris Shearer, and Chris Guest you know, talking out of character, uh, about the movie. And it's just, I mean, it's this whole other level of informative and yet hilarious, you know, much like the movie itself. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. And that disc obviously then also included an insane amount of deleted scenes, you know, enough for the movie to be like considerably longer if you put them end to end. Yeah. Um, all these other little subplots. It was fascinating to watch. I think it was one of the first times I was like, you know, I mean, obviously I realized that, you know, movies were edited and they had to be cut down and that certain things were left behind. But uh, with this kind of filmmaking, so much can be left behind, like whole subplots and all these things. Like there's another movie in there. And it's just, it was fascinating for me to think, wow, there's just so much more. Um, going on with this movie that I loved at the short running length that it already has. Um, but anyway, so there's the Criterion disc, which has that commentary, and then, of course, MGM released uh, Spinal Tap on Blu-ray, and that has an in-character commentary 
by the members of Spinal Tap, and that is also equally hilarious, a little less informative, um, but still really great. So I kind of it's a combination of the out of print DVD and the blue Blu-ray. Unfortunately, I don't know that all those Criterion special features will ever find their way to a Blu-ray release. Um, I don't know how some of those deleted scenes would look in high def. I'm not sure what um, material they use to get some of that stuff. So, you know, the, the DVD will be fine for now. And that commentary, I don't know. I'm assuming they couldn't get the rights to it um, for the MGM disc, so it's probably going to stay with that Criterion disc. But um, a movie that I love and, um, you know, some special features that really um, I thought were an excellent addition. So for my number three, this is the last of my, like, cheat category... <laughs> picks and these are all connected because they're all like big um i think definitive editions of series that um you know are huge pop culture milestones i think in, in at least in like modern film history you know from the past 30 40 years um but so it's gonna be hard to talk about this in a in a, in a brief manner but um when i was looking at my shelves i was trying to like glance over everything and look at like what are the like big sets that I have that are of movies that I you know I think are are good movies but have like great editions of them and so for me it's essentially like my first choice was to say like the ultimate matrix box set which was the one that came with like all of the extra commentary tracks and supplements and discs and everything. It has like the, um, the animatrix on it. It has just so many things that weren't included on the individual releases of the films when they were initially released on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I, you know, like a lot of people, I think really loved the matrix. And then with each of the, uh, subsequent really, uh, you know, sequels found them you know obviously less rewarding than that first one or you know all the promise that was in that first movie was kind of like squandered on the second and third movie but i still think that this edition um makes those movies the second and third movie better um because it shows you how much uh thought and work went into making them as well as like all of the um, political and philosophical ideas that the that were they were trying to include even if like you know again like I was so disappointed with that second movie when it <laughs> came out like man I had like I was so I was so excited for it went to the midnight screening for it and just left thinking like what was I what was I thinking like and it made me you know question whether or not I thought that like was that first movie even any good like <laughs> was I crazy even for liking it because who are these guys and how did they come up with the second movie um in the years since then I've come to appreciate those those sequels more um for what they are and not for what I was hoping that they were going to be um but I think this edition again like is something that I I still watch them and I still find them rewarding. And I, and I just like think that the, you know, having like the first movie with these four commentary tracks, one, which includes Cornell West and Ken, and Ken Weiber or Wilbur and, um, 
you know, one that has like film critics, one that has the cast and crew, one that has the uh, composer with the music only track on it. Like, you know, it's so rare that we get anything like that now um, that this just feels like um, part of the last, you know, like it's still one of those like kind of um, like milestone pieces of home video entertainment where they like really put a lot of work into the supplements. And so I just, I love it now. I can't. And, and as I, w- as I saw that, I was thinking like, well, what are some other like sci-fi releases that are just like definitive? And I had to go with like the Blade Runner collection where they gave you all the different other cuts of the movie, as well as documentaries that, that were, you know, like lovingly produced for this classic piece of film that, you know, people for so long, like had, you know, one version of on DVD. And then finally, when this set came out on HD DVD and Blu-ray and DVD, like now we suddenly had like all of the cuts and, you know, you didn't have to just, you weren't limited to one version of it. And that is just like, you know, an essential piece of, of my life, like my film library, I think is like having that, that version of, or all those versions of Blade Runner, because like all of them kind of mean something different in, in its history, uh, getting to hear it. And like, again, it's like a movie that I like watching that I want to go back and rewatch. And so it's not just something that I have on my shelf for posterity or, you know, something that I think like, well, I'm, you know, like, this is just something that I have to have because I like film. So I need to have this piece of film history just in order to feel better about myself, you know, <laughs> to kind of like show off, I guess as a, it's a movie that I like, I like, and it's, you know, an addition that is just something that I think is great. Um, also in with this grouping, I have the alien anthology again, because it's like, you know, this collection of great, well, mostly great movies, like two good movies. And then some <laughs> other movies that I think are better than other people think, um, you know, like so many people hate the alien three and, and the, um, and the, and the fourth one. Um, but I, I still think like there, there's, there's some value in watching all four of them. And uh, but that edition, that alien anthology edition with all the documentaries and everything and the different cuts of the films, like, again, like kind of a definitive collection. Um, and then finally one that is like not definitive, but I had to mention it just because it's a collection that like, you know, is also something that I've, that has meant something to me throughout my entire life is the star Wars movies. And, I wish that we had an, a definitive edition of the Star Wars movies in that, you know, obviously like, you know, I'm not like breaking any new ground here by saying like, oh, I wish we had the theatrical cuts of the films on Blu-ray. But, um, you know, I almost wanted to put as my pick for this one, the like the Harmy, uh, you know, despecialized editions of the Star Wars movies, like the the burn them yourself Blu-rays that are available online. If you know where to look in the right places kind of uh, discs, because there are so many amazing um, fan created discs of, uh, of the star Wars films that are, um, you know, uh, I think much clearly much better than what was produced by um, Fox and Lucasfilm in, you know, in these later, in these most recent Blu-ray editions. And I, I, you know, I wish that they had done something better, but I'm glad that the fans, uh, have, have, have gone ahead and, you know, taken the initiative to make it themselves. So, uh, 
but yeah, I mean, obviously I wish that there was <laughs> a, a, an official release that I could say, oh yeah, you can go buy this release, but now you have to kind of like do it yourself. <laughs> so that's my long, uh, cheat for number three is this grouping of sci-fi box sets. Yeah. All good choices and all sort of, I think of like remnants of when the studios would really spend more money on, you know, not catalog titles because the matrix stuff, but just on their titles in general and, and some older, older stuff and, and make it like these great additions. And I, I know that the money has dried up a lot for DVD and Blu-ray so that, you know, they just probably won't do a lot of stuff like this anymore. So I, I do value these sets quite a bit myself for, you know, the fact that they were, they're of almost a different time than now. And, uh, they're really special. Yeah. Like Blade Runner, like, will we ever get an edition like that again? That has like all these different cuts of the film, including, you know, like the work print version of it. Like, would a studio ever take the time to do that again? Like, you know, Criterion does stuff like that. You know, obviously we just got the new world and they had included, you know, three different cuts of the films, but will a studio ever take the time or spend the money to do anything like that now? I mean, especially with everything moving to digital and like home video stuff kind of getting relegated to the, you know, third party uh, distributors, like probably not. Yeah, it it seems very unlikely, unfortunately. So I'm glad we have these sets to um, satisfy us for years to come. Um, so I did a quick switcheroo. Um, I had a different title in my three slot, but I decided that this makes a little more sense for me. And um, it's the Alfred Hitchcock Masterpiece Collection. Um, it's 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 a great set. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's got all the Laurent Bouzereau, um documentaries and things like that for each of the movies, and it's just a really uh, outstanding set of 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 Hitchcock, some of Hitchcock's best work. So it's and some of my favorites. Um, you know, I mean, there are some things that are missing from the set, but the stuff he did for Universal um, is, is really fantastic, and I feel like it's one of those. Um, that a budding cinephile, you know, could get as a gift and really get a whole lot out of. Yes, definitely. J- just going through it, you know what I mean. So I feel like it's it's important and it's also special to me. I mean, Hitchcock was a big deal to me, also mostly when I was in college, and I mean certainly now, but when I was learning about film in college and sort of really getting into classic film, um, obviously he's a touchstone for a lot of film professors, understandably. And it's easy to engage with what he does and see how he exemplifies all these different aspects of filmmaking um, and stylistic choices and all these things that he does. Um, so you can see why he's really important to a guy like Brian De Palma or whoever, you know, how influential he's been. So it just seems like something that I feel like people should have in their collection to, you know, pass on to their kids or to their friends or whoever. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's one of those, again, like in when in my early days of collecting VHS tapes, like the Hitchcock stuff, like Vertigo, Psycho, you know, that stuff is are things that I definitely needed to have uh, editions of in my like on my shelf. All right. My number two. So I'm done cheating for the <laughs> night. <laughs> my number two is a 
collection of DVDs that um, were were kind of uh, I was turned on to, you know, much much later than when they were released or when they were when they aired initially. So I'm the the TV miniseries Cosmos from Carl Sagan, which was you know like a, a PBS or you know it was like on public broadcast back in. Um, the late 70s, early 80s. This one, I honestly like didn't know about. I knew about Carl Sagan, and I had read and watched um, Contact um, bef- before he passed away. And so, like, I was aware of him as like a science personality, um, but I had never gone and watched Cosmos. And in 2003, 2004. Uh, I was turned on to this show or this DVD set by an ex-girlfriend of mine, and I just like uh, like swallowed this series whole uh, <laughs> over the course of a few days, and it just like took over my life in a way like my like um, it just was like something that I loved watching documentaries, science documentaries. Um, it you know like. I think one of the very first DVDs that I ever bought on Amazon back in 99 or 2000, uh, when I was like very hesitant to buy anything on Amazon, like everyone was like, oh, you can't can't buy buy stuff online. Like that's dangerous. They're going to steal your credit cards and everything. And, (laughs) uh, and, but one of the things that I couldn't find, uh, in a store was the walking with dinosaurs DVD set from the BBC. And so I, from from you know early on, I've been like, I, I just love watching these science documentaries. And when I saw Cosmos, you know the special effects are cheesy, and the music from Vangelis is kind of cheesy, um, but also really endearing and just like, um, and Carl Sagan is just so like hopeful and non like non ironic and not cynical and um, just like goofy in a like in in a charming way and I just uh immediately fell in love with him immediately fell in love with this series and this is one of those things that I've given to friends to watch and said like you know oh I need that set back Mm because it's something that I don't want to have to buy again and like this particular copy of it like means something to me it's something that like I gave to my uh the next girlfriend who would later become my wife like you know it's something that we like kind of shared early on and um i have like a tattoo on my arm that comes from this series and um it's something that i can't wait to like you know watch with miranda one day um and i don't and i you know even though it was made so long ago it's something that like i I still find value in watching and just in like how he explains things. And even if like some of the science behind some of these things has, has slightly changed over the last couple of decades or, you know, like things might be uh, not wrong, but like, you know, like, Oh, our ideas on this particular thing have changed. Like that stuff kind of doesn't matter when you watch this. And it just like he, his love of science just is just like, it exudes out of everything. And you just, can't help but be kind of hypnotized by it and i i love it and i uh I, you know 
I hope that one day they'll release this on Blu-ray or, you know, like remaster them for Blu-ray, but I don't have my fingers. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, I will keep watching this DVD set. Um, at the time it was also like, I mean, it might still be kind of an expensive DVD set and maybe that's part of why I, like it meant a lot to me at the time. Um, but I, I really liked the remake of Cosmos, but I, this, this original version of it still means something. And like, this is just one of those sets that I still have on my shelf. That's like really beat up from passing it on to different people over the years, but I'll, I, I can't get rid of it or I, you know, like I can't put this away. Like I need to have this out on my shelf, like staring at me, like reminding me like that if, if I'm ever in doubt, I should just pop these DVDs back in. Nice. All right. You're number two. My number two. Um, so another criterion, um, uh, this is night of the hunter. And, um, I mean, it's obviously a, a movie that's a huge deal to me. Robert Mitchum's one of my favorite actors, if not maybe my favorite, I mean, depending on the day that you catch me. Yeah. Uh, and one of those great one and done, um, you know, single, directorial efforts in this case by Charles Lawton um, and it's just not like almost any other movie that you'll ever watch uh, and I don't know I, I remember in college there was this sort of like hippie stoner guy that was on my f- dorm floor and I considered myself a pretty I don't know like I, I'd seen a lot of classic films and for some reason this one eluded me and he came into my video store at one point the one I was working in and was like Oh, have you ever seen this? And it, there it was, Night of the Hunter. And I, for some reason, had never watched it. And so he was, regardless of what I had seen to that point, he was one up on me in that I I didn't know this movie. And, and I, I owe him one because after I watched it, I was just like, I couldn't even process it necessarily. It To me, it was just strange at the time because it was so different than most movies I'd seen. But anyway... um. I've lo- I've collected I've owned it on VHS I've owned it on DVD, uh, and then when this Blu-ray came out I was so excited. Um, it's just a really fantastic set. I mean it's, um, you know it's got uh, a great audio commentary track. It's got a documentary like a really long. Um, well, I mean it's got two and a half hours of like kind of behind the scenes and outtakes with Lawton, and there's a documentary with some of the guys who do the commentary. It's, it's just a really great set um, of a movie that I already love. So, and again, another one that I feel like is very important uh, in, in that sort of film slash cinema kind of way. So uh, I think it's one that everybody should own. Yeah, that set is beautiful. And it's kind of a shame that Criterion had to go. And recently they've changed the packaging on that one to where it's now it's in one of those two disc clear cases instead of the digipack version that they released initially. Um, you know, I understand why they do things like that for financial reasons, but, um, you know, sometimes these, like these releases are like works of art and that one definitely feels like it. Absolutely. So my number one is something that I like immediately, whenever I think of like my favorite home video releases, like this just is something that I, it's like no question for me like that this is what it is and this is also one of those things where like the dvd sets 
uh, mean more to me than the Blu-ray set. Although like I now go to watch the Blu-ray set, obviously, instead of watching those DVDs, but like the Lord of the Rings extended editions for me are just such a huge part of, uh, my home media consuming life. Um, when I, you know, I was a fan of the Lord of the Rings books and like the Hobbit before the Lord of the Rings, the Peter Jackson movies came out, but I wasn't like a super fan. And then the movie came out and I was like aware that they were making the movies, but I certainly, and I kind of followed a little bit, like I would read here and there, I would read any cool news and they would, you know, like talk about some Lord of the Rings stuff, but like, I just wasn't really following it. And then, and, and, you know, the trailers came out and it got me more excited about it. And then I saw the movie and I had seen, you know, the Ralph Bakshi movie and I, the, the, the theatrical experiences for those movies were just like so amazing. I think these movies are just like, like perfect fantasy films and they, in a way just, they'll, they, they take me away. They like, you know, they, they help me escape reality in such like a perfect way that very few other films do like these ones help just like, I'm not distract. I, I, I have such a hard time being distracted while watching these movies. They just, every frame is like beautiful. The, you know, the, the work that they did, like the cinematography and the colors, and then just the, the story and the performances. For me, like these just like everything works, everything clicks. And it's just like, like the right, uh, you know, kind of fantasy for me to just be sucked in and want to go visit this world and have like, you know, adventures of my own in a way that like very few other movies, like even the star Wars movies, I don't think click with me in the same way, even though like they mean something different because of growing up with them and they still, you know, are like so much fun. But the Lord of the Rings movies, I think are just, um, just on a different level for me. And I watched when I got the DVD of the theatrical cut of each of the movies, and I can, you know, like old roommates can testify to this, but I would watch these movies every single day. I would like, I would get, you know, I got the, the Fellowship of the Ring and I would watch it and then I'd watch it again the next day and I'd put it on again the next day and I'd put it on again the day after that. And I just keep watching it over and over and over again. And then the the extended edition came out. I do the same thing. I just, and you know, obviously I didn't have enough time to go through, like watch everything every single day, but like. There, I just would keep putting them on. I would watch through the, the supplements over the course of several days, and then I'd go back and rewatch the movie with with commentary tracks. And those um, those extended edition DVDs, I think, uh, are also just beautiful pieces of art that uh, harken back to like you know why I loved collecting discs. Like they the feel of the paper that they used for the discs made them feel, you know, like leather bound books in a way, the, like the, the foil printing of the, of the text on it, the interior artwork with like, you know, the sketches and maps and things on the discs, um, all of that. And then, you know, also having multiple commentary tracks, having one with the, with, with Peter Jackson and, Philippa Boyens and, and Fran Walsh and, you know, like the like writer director team and then having another one with like the actors and having another one with the, with, with, or another couple with like the technical folks 
uh, on all of this stuff just meant that I could go back and rewatch it in all these different ways. Like whether or not, if I wanted to just go back and rewatch the movie or if I wanted to like, you know, sit in on a conversation between people who were involved with the making of these movies. Um, they just, these were movies that I just have also like carried with me on DVD all these years. And now I have them on Blu-ray in, a, in nice editions, but, um, those DVDs are just things that I, I can't really get rid of those cases anymore because like, I just, I want to have them. Uh, and maybe one day I'll just put them up on my bookshelf next to all the different versions of the Lord of the Rings that I have as books, uh, which I have several and, uh, and I have many of the like appendices, you know, uh, miscellaneous books and whatnot that have, that have been released since then. But yeah, it's just like, this is something that I will, that I can always go back to. It's like comfort food now where I can go back and just pop it in whenever I'm feeling like I don't know what to watch or I feel like, oh, it's been a while now since I've watched The Lord of the Rings. Uh, I'll just go back and rewatch it. You know, I guess if I had to pick one, and I, I, it's like you can't even really, it's like picking like a chapter of a book to say like, oh, here's my favorite of the movies. Like I'm, sometimes I lean more towards the, two towers like the middle chapter of the series is being my favorite but you know like that first you know the fellowship of the ring is just so like so well done uh to set up this world and you know even though all these movies are incredibly long like they all f- none of them drag on for me like i could just watch hours and hours of them and you know whenever they would say like oh this new extended edition has an extra 30 minutes i think like oh i wish it had a little bit more than that i wish it <laughs> i wish I, I could just keep going with this stuff and I mean, like these, my love of Lord of the Rings kind of was what led me to, um, get into podcasting in a way, because I was like, you know, looking to get into podcasting somehow. And like at a, at a point I wanted to get, start like a, like a Hobbit podcast before the Hobbit movies were released and that never ended up happening. But, um, it was kind of like what led me down the path of eventually getting to here. And so, um, this is just a collection of movies that I think are just perfect. And it's, you know, sometimes people ask me like, Oh, what is your favorite movie? And I'll say, Oh, Lord of the Rings. And they'll like, they're like, really? Like, you know, of all these movies, you know, like not citizen Kane or seven samurai or anything. I'm like, yeah, like these movies just mean something to me. Uh, and I think like, they're just, you know, and you, it's like one of those like favorite versus best kind of things. And like, this is like, this is my favorite movies like the lord of the rings not you know i I certainly recognize that it's not like the best it's not like you know objectively like the best movie uh ever made but for me it's just like my favorite so this is my favorite home video release um and really it's like the dvds but i will i will say that i love watching the blu-rays too yeah i mean i i've said this before but i was working at a dvd store in 1999 2000 and 2001. I can't remember when those extended sets came out or when... Yeah, no, the extended sets. That's the ones. And I totally know what you're talking about, about the feel of those boxes. And when I first held one, um, when we first got them in, and I can't remember. I think I bought one. And you open it. It just felt... And I still don't think they've... They use whatever material they did on... (laughs) For those, I don't think they use it anymore. I don't think so either. I mean, I I can't think of any recent home video releases that have that same kind of texture to it. Yeah, it's weird. It's I can't describe it, but it was it was really neat because it was one of the earlier box sets that I remember being like, "This is cool. This is 
so much stuff inside of a single box. Um, it, and I was, I'm, I still am a big fan of those movies too. So um, that set was, I don't know, it was, it was definitely important to me um, for the time that I was. It reminds me of the time, that time in my life, in a way, in, in a good way. So yeah, me too. Um, so my number one is um, yet another Criterion and. Uh, this also kind of ties into my video store days in that um, I can't remember which came first in this case. I think, okay, I think what happened was, you know, we rented laser discs at the place, and so I had heard, I can't remember if the, if the, if the Rushmore Blu-ray or DVD had come out, and I'd heard Wes Anderson talking about um, the commentaries um, from Scorsese and Michael Powell on, uh, in this case, it's it's Life and Death of Colonel Blimp. Um, I feel like he talked about it in the commentary for Rushmore, and I can't remember if I listened to it before I heard that commentary or after, but regardless, it's an amazing commentary um, between um, Scorsese, Michael Powell, and, and Thelma Schoonmaker um, talking about this amazing film, uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, is one of my favorite, you know, top ten movies of all time, and it's just this remarkable epic romance. But it's a story of friendship, and it's, I mean, it's just the the archers operating at the sort of height of their powers as storytellers, and um, it's it's just an amazing movie. Um, it's moving and you know, exciting, and there's so much going on, but it, it, it was definitely one of those commentaries where I watched the movie, I liked the movie quite a bit, and then I started to hear Scorsese talk about it, and it was one, like, I'd heard his commentary for Taxi Driver on the Laserdisc release for for that movie from Criterion, and that was great, but hearing him talk about someone else's movie was just sort of mind-blowing for me. It was It was so, like, wow... He, I mean, I knew he loved movies, but to hear him and just sort of fawn over all these different, and not in a not in a fanboy way, but in a way that like an inspired filmmaker talks about things that inspire, it, things that have sort of shaped them. Um, he would just talk about these things, and I'm like, wow, he's just paying attention to movies on a level that is beyond me, and I was absolutely knocked out by it. Um, so that commentary was something I. I had um, copied it to VHS. I'd copied it to VHS with the commentary on, so that I could have it at the time before this DVD even came out. And, um, so this is another one that I eventually bought the Laserdisc, so I had it, um, and then I got the DVD when it came out. And then when the Blu-ray finally came out, um, I was so excited. I I just it's it's just such an amazing movie. And and I mean, there's other special features on there too. Um, that are worthwhile um but that commentary for me is one of my favorite things ever on a on an any home video release so that's the big selling point for me that's a great movie i uh i got a yeah i mean i wish i had more criterion titles on my list but like you know i had yeah i think your list is pretty solid So honorable mentions, like obviously I've already cheated a bunch by including many films in, in, in three or four way ties, but um, 
some of the other things that came up on my list is like, or when I was just looking at my shelves thinking like, what are the things that like, if I had to get rid of stuff, what would I keep? What would I, or what do I go back to and rewatch or what have, what have meant, you know, different things to me over time. Um, the series Futurama is something that I watched a little bit of on TV when it first started airing, but it really didn't mean much to me until I started watching the DVDs. And it was mostly because I then had the opportunity to watch an entire season. Um, but even more importantly than that, it was just the ability to watch the entire season with the commentary tracks, with the writers and Matt Groening and the producers and the actors. It just like, I was suddenly exposed to like a side of both Futurama and the Simpsons in a way, because these were all guys who had worked on and, and ladies who had worked on the Simpsons. Um, and I just suddenly realized like that I wasn't appreciating um, the Simpsons as much as I should have been. Uh, and so it made me go back and rewatch Simpsons and like, you know, get those DVD sets. Um, but the Futurama ones were just like, I, I would watch them with the commentary tracks on it. And then I would force friends to watch them with the commentary tracks. And they'd think <laughs> like, and they would be like, why are you doing this? Like, let's just watch the show and laugh at the show. And I was thinking like, no, these commentary tracks are even funnier than the show. They're even nerdier and they have so many better, there's even deeper jokes if you watch it with the commentary tracks. And I just, they, uh, those are ones where like, I have now rebought the DVDs in those newer editions that are slightly slimmer. Um, but I still own the, I still keep my old DVDs just because those are the ones that I bought, you know, first and that I like shared with people and that show, like, you know, those first four volumes are just so perfect for me. Like the later seasons are kind of hit or miss some, I, you know, I kind of wish that they hadn't come back in a way just to keep those first four more pure. Um, but I still, there are episodes in those l later seasons that I thought were just like really great. Um, but you know, the first four are, are essentially perfect for me. Like I, I can go back and rewatch any of them now. And I do every once in a while on Netflix, I'll just go back and rewatch stuff. But really like, I, I just love those commentaries. And so I, uh, yeah, those, that, that, that could have made my list if, but it was like one of those things where it's not like a home video release. It's like several home video releases. And so that's kind of why I didn't end up putting it on my list. Like, you know, I know there's a box set that includes everything, but it's like, you know, I, I, I got those individually as they were released. Um, another show like that is Deadwood for me, like where a show that I, um, actually more less like Futurama and more just like a show that I can go back and rewatch many times, uh, and have over the years and have, and then appreciate it more every time I go back and rewatch it. I'll catch pieces of dialogue that I didn't notice before. I mean, like, you know, The Sopranos and The Wire and um, Game of Thrones and uh, all the other shows that have, like, been important HBO shows. For me, like, Deadwood is just a little bit different in that it's, like, it just feels smarter and it's sadder. And, you know, it's also sadder in that it didn't get to finish. But, like even still, like I still can rewatch those three seasons and think like, man, this is so like, so pure and like, uh, like beautiful. It's like, you know, the dialogue is like Shakespeare in a way in like, that it's just like there. 
it's almost like they're singing their lines in, in a, in a strange sense. It's just, oh, it's amazing. Um, a couple of other quick, uh, runners up, like when I was thinking like, oh, desert Island disc, like what, what would I take with me to go and enjoy for a long time? That Looney Tunes golden collection DVD set, uh, is just like, you know, Looney Tunes is something that I grew up with. Uh, we all grew up with, uh, and you know, at different stages of our life have appreciated it in different ways, but I, you know, I love the Blu-rays, but since the Blu-rays don't have everything, I had to like think like, well, I would, if I had to take one thing with me, I would just take the DVDs because there's more, more stuff on there that probably will never make it to Blu-ray. Um, and kind of tied with that is like that Jolly Frolics UPA collection that, uh, that I was turned on to last year by you. And it's just like the gift that keeps on giving for me, like, cause it's just, you know, that is like art in a box. Um, yeah, we can't mention yeah. that set enough on this show. It's so worth getting. Totally. Um, that's, that's my runners up little pile of, of things that I'm like, I, I, I can't get rid of these discs. Well, those are great. I mean, I, I just to briefly, uh, Futurama is, and was, and currently is still one of my favorite shows ever. Um, more consistent than the Simpsons, funnier than the Simpsons, uh, for me. Uh, it's just a perfect, it's like our family's show. My, my daughter loves the show. My son and my wife, we all love the show. It's cause we're like kind of sci-fi geeky family and it's just the perfect movie or show for us. It's just so funny. It just continues to be so funny. Oh my God. Anyway, um, I'll just bust through these honorable mentions real quick. Um, I mean, obviously we have a new version of <clears throat> the thing coming, uh, now, The Thing's probably my favorite movie of all time, um, but I've always, since the Laserdisc, um, which was basically ported over to the DVD and then the Blu-ray, I've always loved the, not only the commentary track with Kurt Russell and John Carpenter, but all the special features that sort of made up that set, and now we're going to get some more with this new set. So when this when that set finally comes out, that would probably make, I don't know, might make my top five. We'll see. Um... And then there's the Universal Classic Monsters set, um, lots of great commentaries and stuff on that, and just some great cornerstone classic horror films. That that was almost gonna. I think that was gonna end up in my one of my lists too. Like I was thinking about like adding that into like my sci-fi little block of, of <laughs> cheats because that you're right. Like that is just such an essential collection of movies, and I'm so happy that those those new sets are coming out with all the Frankenstein and werewolf movies, but like the, the classic monsters collection with all of the, like the big ones that is just like, you know, along, I mean, I would say almost like alongside the Hitchcock collection, like yeah. for, for folks, you know, like for young folks getting into film history, like those are just like, you know, must owns. Like you should, if you're like a kid who wants to learn about film history, like get that Hitchcock collection, um, even if there's, you know, like problems with the mastering on some of the films, like, you know, they, they, it doesn't seem like they're going back to fix that stuff. So this is what we have. So like get that Hitchcock collection, get the universal classics monsters collection. Yeah. I mean, it's just a whole lot of film history in two sets. Um, and they look good. Um, and then some more recent stuff. Um, the swimmer grindhouse releasings version of the swimmer is a remarkable, I mean, it's a movie I love obviously, but it's a remarkable um, special edition. Um, and obviously they're great for genre stuff, 
but I do hope they come back to something like this at some point because they did such they do such a great job with all their discs. But um, I was just really excited that this I never thought this would come out. So that's a great set. Um, Warner Archives out of the past past Blu-ray um, has some nice extras, but also a stunning transfer of one of the great film noirs of all time. Another for me an essential for people learning about film history and classic film. Um, Taxi Driver, um, the Sony Blu-ray. I think that has the Criterion commentary ported over to it. I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, I think you're right. And that was my first commentary track and is still one of my favorite commentaries from a filmmaker. And, and Paul Schrader is included in the commentary too, but um, from a filmmaker talking about one of his great works. It's just, it's got, there's a lot going on there and it just was for me the first time that I, understood what a commentary could do and how much it could add to your experience. So I still think that's a great track. Um, Rushmore, the Criterion DVD, uh, was a huge deal to me when it came out. The Blu-ray is the same. Um, like I, I recorded that audio commentary. I was just really into Wes Anderson at the time. He actually came into my video store and signed the copy. We had just gotten it in. I don't know if I ever told that story on air, but... He can't, he was rent, he was working with Gracie Films around the time uh, that that DVD came out, and he was he was renting laser discs here and there, and he came in the night we had gotten the shipment in for the next week, which had that in it, and my boss let me you know pull one out and get him to sign it, and he hadn't seen it yet, so he you know opened the map up and he was talking about how his brother drew it and all this stuff anyway um so that movie was just really important to me anyway and so i i recorded the commentary onto an audio cassette and i would just listen to it walking to and from work and then later when i got in my own car i would listen to it in the car so i just memorized it you know it was just really important to me so that disc is really a neat one and it has a lot of other special features in it that are neat too um, the Rock and Roll High School, um, Corman Classics Blu-ray um, is great. Um, lots of special features, including a great commentary. And then uh, Phantom of the Paradise. Um, I'm saying the Scream Factory release, but either the Scream or the Arrow uh, are both great uh, editions of that film, and uh, I love both those editions. So that's it for me. Well, Brian, thanks for making this list i know it wasn't easy and uh but it was fun for me to talk about this stuff and i'm glad Absolutely. we did it to kind of like celebrate you know getting to 100 here and um thanks for you know coming back all these weeks and and hanging out with me to talk about these home video releases it's always been my pleasure man listeners i would love to i some some folks were tweeting at us their their top uh lists of discs and uh, I would just love to hear, you know, I'd love to see these, these release or these disc, uh, lists of people's just to see like, you know, like, Oh, I don't have that one. I should probably add that one. Cause it's something that I've been meaning to, or like, Oh, I, I don't have the newer edition of that. And I probably should. So, um, keep, keep tweeting those at us. Um, and also, you know, f- feel free to just let us know like how you think the show is going, you know, tweet at us. You can email us if you want to. Um, and, uh, hopefully everyone will, stick around with us for uh, the future of the show because it seems like we're going to keep on doing it until we run out of steam. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for every, for all of you, everyone out there who's listening right now. Thanks for all of your support, whether or not you even like let us know that you're listening. I just, you know, it's, 
it's nice to know that we have a kind of big community of home video lovers out there and it like you know it gives me hope that they're you know even if the format may be slowly dying it's nice to know that like there's a group of people out there that are all like mourning this together uh and you know all these little pieces of plastic and housed in cardboard or other pieces of plastic like they mean more than that to us obviously and so that's why we keep coming back here to talk about this stuff so absolutely we'll be back next week to talk about some new releases and uh thanks everyone so we'll see you then